going to take it. Two legends in basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's, let's get right to it. All right, welcome back to the latest episode of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. We've taken a little break here. In the uh, the heart of NBA offseason, but we are back, and uh, Bob is up in Maine. Uh, little little vacay, Bob. Little getaway. People say to me, "What do you, what do you do up there?" I say, "Nothing." That's the, <laughs> that is the point. Yes, yes. that's why sit, you go to Maine, right? Sit in the chair and look out at the lake, which is about five, ten, uh, twenty yards from where I'm sitting. And uh, and and veg uh, and, and read, catch up on my reading. And the that's, way to uh, do it. That's all I'm doing. Yeah, that's that's the answer. Yeah, Nothing. no, it's 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 the way to do it. But you listen, <laughs> you've been busy a little bit. You 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 went over to Springfield. Oh this yeah, last weekend for the second, um, I guess the second grouping of, of yeah. Hall of Fame induction. Class of 2021. Yeah, which and we've just inducted the class of 20 back in May. And uh, you know these, uh, it was it was uh, first of all that there were sixteen people inducted. Wow, that's a long evening. Now, fortunately, <laughs> some of them were not present. I mean, I say fortunately, unfortunately, couldn't. There were posthumous, a couple of posthumous. Uh, there were a couple of videos. Uh, uh, of course, Lauren Jackson, the great yeah. uh, center for the Seattle Storm, the Australian, was unable to come because of the whole COVID nonsense you know, stuff. She would have definitely. I felt so badly. She, she, I, mean, she was. I caught her act in, in, in the Olympics. She's really good. She was a great, great player, but uh, she had to do a video. Um, there were a couple of it, but anyway, it's a long evening. But still, um, it, it's always an It's always good. You know, some take people, people through Bob. Take people through the weekend and, and what it's like yeah. because again, there's kind of a dinner the night before. Uh, night before, on Friday is when they uh, celebrate the uh, the, the other people, the, the Kurt Gowdy Award winners uh, for print. And there were three for uh, three of those. Uh, Mike Gorman of the Celtics, longtime broadcaster, got the Kurt Gowdy Award for uh, electronic. Um, uh, Mel Greenberg, who oh. was the one man band celebrating women's basketball before anybody. 40 years ago, Mel Greenberg instituted the first poll by himself of ranking women's teams back when the currency was Delta State, Louisiana Tech, and Immaculata, wow. you know, okay, in the AIAW days before the NCAA finally got off, got around to doing the right thing for women's basketball. Mel Greenberg was there before anybody, and Mel Greenberg was long overdue, and he was well-deserved. And then one I really appreciated, George Kalinske. George Kalinske was and is the official photographer at Madison Square Garden. Okay. He's, he's a tremendous photographer. Started in 1966. And, and uh, anybody, you, you've seen his work, you, you didn't know you've seen his work, anybody yeah. out there. He was, he was celebrated. He was also, he was a video. Anyway, so 16 people is a long evening, but, uh, and, uh, and a couple of people ran through the stop sign, most notably Chris Weber, who was the leadoff inductee. And, uh, he did his best Bill Walton imitation in that. I, I truly read through the, the whatever the allotted time they gave him. Didn't care him. at all. 
didn't care. But uh, I said, why, why, if they're all going to do this, we're going to have breakfast here, you know? But it didn't, nobody else quite reached that. Bob, this class paled in comparison to to the one in May, obviously, with, with the late Kobe. Every class would have. Kobe, KG, and, and Tim Duncan. But I feel like this one was was underwhelming. Um, uh, am I wrong to say that, especially with the former NBA players? I mean, Chris Weber, Paul Pierce, Chris Bosh. None to me are top – are any locked top 50 – like I know a lot of people, Paul Pierce is, is a top 50 NBA player of all time. I don't, I don't. Paul Pierce. Um, yeah. Well, if he's not in 50, he's definitely in the 75. And of course yeah. the, the, that vote has been taken and I, I did vote, but I, I am not going to divulge my vote yet. I'm just not because I don't, you know, I, 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 I hate straw, straw polls. Yeah. I don't want to participate. I never do. Um, I mean, I would be happy to discuss once they announce the team, I will be happy to announce my vote and, and, and discuss it and let's do that, but I'm not doing it yet. Um, but I, I do think he's a worthy person. I mean, must sit Okay, yes. The, one of the problems is that this class followed which, which arguably the greatest class ever. Yeah. And the only one rivaling it was, was Stockton, uh, Jordan Stockton. I figure who the third one was that year, but this was, this was a, a unquestionably with Kobe at the centerpiece, Duncan and Garnett, I, I think was the greatest trio that go in together. And suddenly we now have a lesser group. Yeah. I think Pierce is totally deserved. I think Pierce is a no-brainer Hall of Famer. Yep. However, the other three, to be polite, I don't want to denigrate anybody. I will say that Chris Webber is not my favorite player. <laughs> and I will say flat out, I never would have voted for Chris Webber were I on the committee. Why is he uh, your favorite player, Bob? Like, why? I, I'm with you, and I kind of feel the same way, I but I almost he, don't know I, why. I, I think that, that his talent, he, he along with, uh, there's one of two people that I say, um, their hold did not come close to equaling the sum of the technical parts for whatever reason. The other being Antoine Walker. Yeah. And Chris Weber had technical skill. And they showed the highlights of including back with behind the back passes. And, you know, and, and yep. you'd look and watch this, you'd think when crunch time came, you would hope that he fouled out. So you had a chance to win the game. That's number one. <laughs> and I, that's my take on Chris Weber. Uh, no, not a whole trust them. You just didn't trust the numbers them. are very impressive. Yep. And of course, one of the things that I say in his favor, uh, and, and that is the hall of fame is not like the other halls of fame and that, it is one size fits all. You're supposed to include college and players. And of course, they used to, it started out mostly honoring college players. The NBA was no, nothing important in 1959 when the Hall of Fame was instituted. But, and, it's, and it's kept it at mission by honoring all phases of basketball, and right, as you will, including high school coaches. And, and so uh, it, it, there's, and it's and no longer are we going to see any college guys because nobody stays four years. Worth. If you do, you're, you know, there's something wrong with you, you know, kind of thing. Anyway. Um, Luca so Garza. Weber did have Luca, the Luca Garza can make the 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 you know the Hall of Fame. No, good for him. Fame. Yeah, listen, if I'm on the committee, I'd certainly consider it. Uh, but Weber has the cachet of the of the bad five. Yeah. In addition, all right. Number two, uh, Ben Wallace. Uh, never would I have thought of Ben Wallace as a Hall of Famer. No. Now he has a resume that includes four Defensive Player of the Year awards, yeah. and 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 yet I just I just don't. 
he just doesn't. It doesn't have the feel, right? Ben Wallace doesn't have the feel of a Hall of Fame player. I love him. He played so hard. He got every rebound. And again, he was a big part of of those those Pistons teams. But but again, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Yeah. So uh, and he, by the way, was the most controversial speaker in that. We don't know what the hell he was talking about. Really? His basic speech was indecipherable, incomprehensible. He then somehow, this has never been done that I know of, and certainly not in any uh, Hall of Fame ceremony that I've ever attended. He came back and sneaked up near the end and had a, and had like a, 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 a round two ending by doing his John Carlos Tommy Smith imitation. What? What? Come on. He ended this way after something that made no sense to anybody in the building that he just went through. How did he get back? How did he just walk? I don't know. And I I didn't try to, I'm I'm going to pursue if anybody knows what happened, but I haven't done it yet. I I think he was entertaining at least. Yeah, I think he stunned on my Bashad, who was the host, who was the, you know, the, the host. Yeah. Uh, by, you know, what was going on here? Uh, you know, they had a commercial breaks, they had little commercial breaks, you know, and he sneaked back up and, and went on. And then at the end, he'd doing his John Carlos Tommy Smith. I don't know what he was all about. That was bizarre. All right. And then, and then we have Chris Bosch. Yep. And you feel bad for Chris Bosch because you know how his career ended. Totally. No one wants a career to end when he had plenty more to give. Yep. He was 31 years old. And he was still playing at the same level he had been playing since he became a Raptor. I think if he had tacked a few more years on, I wouldn't have had any problem, you know, but he, he was borderline. I, I, I looked at the, we looked at the record again. I looked at it again and, and borderline. You know, I right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But as you say, collectively, it's not as impressive a class as, as obviously the one that it succeeded and nobody would be. Nobody. No, nobody can live up to it. But you had a bunch of fringe guys here. You had a bunch of guys that like none of which you said, like Paul Pierce was the best of the bunch. I see. I'm with, we're disagreeing here. I think he's a no brainer. I I think he's a top five Celtic. I think that he's uh, so I, I, and I, and of course I'm the one who took the heat and continue to take the heat. So such as it is in Twitter Every time I remind people that in my firm belief, he's the greatest individual offensive machine in the history of the Celtics. He's the greatest pure scorer the Celtics have ever had, which includes Larry Bird and in John Havlicek. And and that you know who'll be better, Bob? Hey, Bob. Mike, Bob, you know, you know who's oh, your your boy. Yes, Jason Tatum will be a Hall of Famer. Will be a clear top fifty player in NBA history, and will be the best scorer, pure scorer. That has ever come through the Boston side. All right. Well, he's got time. To, he has to ways to go to put the resume together. Okay, fine. That's fine. And, and, and he will be a better winner overall. Like the problem I have with Paul Pierce, part of it was he was a losing player until Kevin Garnett came to Boston and Ray Allen also came to Boston. If those guys had never come, Paul Pierce, and I know we're playing the what if game here, but his career would have been looked at completely different than it was. Now notice, I agree with you. And, 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 but I said what I said in 2002, I'm simply talking about his ability to put the ball in the basket. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I making a mistake. You can't be a bigger Larry Bird fan than me. He's not a good basketball player as Larry Bird. I never said that, but people, as soon as I said he was a better scorer, pure scorer, pure scorer. No, you're right. You know? You're right. I mean, 
Larry Bird, there were times when he needed help to get his shot. There were guys who could stay with Larry Bird. Yes. Paul Pierce could get his shot off much like yeah. St- much like Steph. He could get his shot off anytime he ever wanted. He got he, he never that was never the issue. He always okay? created separation. He could and always find a way. He had to that wonderful it. step back move. He had to he had to, and and it was a deadly oh so anyway, we but I think Paul Pierce is a no-brainer. Okay. Paul That's Pierce I told him the night before. It was a smile on his face from the minute he walked in. He was the most exuberant. I said, you're the happiest man in this, in this building. Yeah. And he, he just exuded goodwill and good cheer, and his speech was nice and sweet and, 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 and appropriately. Uh, it was really a good, you know, it was really a good speech. Bosch, by the way, it came off thinking, I want to hire this guy to be a CEO of my corporation. He's so smart. Bob. He came off. Oh. Wow. He dazzled. Oh. He dazzled. Chris Bosch has blown me away from he, the time he was like 15 years old. He's been that. Like, he is that smart. And, and you're right. He could do anything he wants to do. Um, Jay Wright? How was Jay? How Wright, was Jay? Of course, Jay Wright was fine. He was, uh, it was kind of by the book, you know. Uh, he, he started off saying how humbled and honored he was. And he did all, he touched all the bases. Yep. He didn't, he didn't dazzle. He did, yep. he did his job, you know. Um, it, it was nice. Jay White, Jay White had the funny thing. Charles Barkley presented four different people, which has got to be the record. <laughs> four. He was one. He was there for Jay White, and he was. I and I said, we said, Philly. what's that connection? connection? Mainline, they were neighbors right. when Barkley played in Philly. Who Bob, knew? Bob, I, I know you've know. had your. I know you've had your issues with Barkley a little bit. What I will say. Oh no, I like Charles. What I'll say about Chuck is I've never seen a person that is more well-liked and, and, and better with people overall. Like I've seen Charles in so many different settings where he will just talk to anybody and everybody, every fan, you know, sweat pouring down his face mm-hmm. as he's running through a, a hotel at the final four. If I text him and I'm nobody, and, and he'll get right back to me, whether it's my, you know, I'm asking him about a recommendation for, for a shoe store for size 15 shoes in Atlanta <laughs> or anything. Oh, yeah. Like, he's just, he's, to me, that's why I think everybody gravitates towards Chuck because, again, he, he just seems so real. Oh, no, I don't have a real problem. Oh, not at all. In fact, he, he, in both of these last two inductions, he said hello to me first. So how am I going? I'm, I'm very happy. Yeah. Oh, no, I love him. But he, he presented four different people. He was one of the six or seven people who were there for Bill Russell. And uh, I'm trying to think the other one. But he was there for four. It was just so funny. Charles Barkley with <laughs> four different people. But hey, hey, doesn't that speak to his beloved nature, right? Speaking right. of people, you're right. Well, how many guys would be in that category, you know? So, um but 16 is a lot of people, you know, uh, but, it, but, it, but it, 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 they got it done in three hours. That wasn't too bad. The seven to 10, you're done at 10, plenty of time for the cocktail hour. You were fine. You know, it was good, but uh, I always enjoy it. Um, what can I say? Uh, who else was, uh, uh, Val Ackerman uh, was inducted and she is of course the Big East commissioner and a uh, long time NBA associate. Um, uh, Pearl, the, the, uh, the two, uh, uh, Pearl Moore, who was the all-time leading female scorer for uh, Francis Marion, and uh, she's still with us, which is good. Yeah. Fats Jenkins, what a what a thing! Fats, he's from the old-time Evo, and, and um, the man was both a all-star Negro League baseball player, wow. 
and the starting point guard for the most famous colored team ever, the really? famous New York Harlem Wrens of the 20s, which were arguably the best basketball team in the world for 15 years. It was a starting point guard for them. And then in the summer, he was an all-star in the Negro League. That's pretty good. Pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. So anyway, it was a, it's a good evening. And, and, and uh, I'm just going to next year, uh, Jeff. There's only, there's only one shoe-in next year. Who's and then that? I think he's a shoe-in. Would you agree that Manu Ginobili should be a shoe-in? Uh, yeah, because he was such a... International. Like, Remember, right. in his, they get... Yeah. The reason that the Dino Rajas and the Tony Kukoc is... Tony, oh, Tony Kukoc was also you know, really? from a committee. Yeah. And, and um, so the reason, the reason that, that they get the extra push is they have the international cachet. And this right. is a one-size-fits-all Hall of Fame. In which we have inducted, we, you know, have inducted people who were primarily almost exclusive. Oh, Oscar Schmidt, for example, was in, actually. He never played a second in the NBA. He's the all-time leading international scorer, you know, and of course, it's very near and dear to my heart. And um, so anyway, uh, uh, Manu Ginova is going to walk in, I think, because any with his dual cachet of his, of his international uh, re resume and his NBA resume. Yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll be the one. And then... I don't see anybody else. Boy, uh, that, I mean... Joe Johnson, Zach Randall, no way. Terry, Richard Jefferson, a couple former Arizona players. No way. No John way. Smith, Al Jefferson. No, no. I, I think we're looking at, at, at one former NBA player. It's going to be Manu and then whatever else, they're going to come up. You know, So it's going to be interesting next year. Yeah, no doubt. It's, it's not going to be star-studded. There's no way around it. But uh, but they do a nice job. And also, they found, they found a new partner Mohegan Sun and 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 the Hall of Fame have become you know very simpatico. So will every so what what is everything held at Mohegan Sun now? No, what they did was let in May everything was there. Yeah. And and once again, the first night is the honorees of the the Gotti Awards and the Manny Jackson Human Spirit Award, which is uh, and and it's a dinner and then the uh, ceremony. But the second night uh, is is just the ceremony because it's you know you you. So you have a cocktail reception and then a ceremony. You're on your own for eating the second night. So, you know, no problem. But uh, uh, Mohegan Sun last year and they hosted the whole thing. This time they split it. Friday night was at the Mohegan Sun and Saturday was at the Mass Mutual Center in downtown Springfield. And how, uh, far, how far are they from each other? 40? No, yeah, 50, 50, about 50, between 50 and 60, maybe 50 to 60, maybe even 70 miles. I don't know. Really? So you got to transport, no problem. Yeah. But uh, but uh, that's the deal, and that's it. Well, All right, that's well, well, well. Today, many small business owners are busier than ever. Time spent searching for and interviewing the wrong candidates for a job opening could be time better spent growing a business. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to get the candidates worth interviewing faster. And it's free. LinkedIn connects you with well-qualified candidates. And they've done the same thing for me every time I use it. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 750 million people. Focus on candidates with the skills and experience that you need. Use screening questions to get your role in front of the most qualified people. And then use the simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash scribe. That's linkedin.com slash scribe to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
let, let, let's let's move on. There is we, we actually have some NBA news. We do. We got a little bit, not a ton, but we got a little bit to talk about, and and then we'll hit on a couple of college topics. But let's start with John Wall, the the former number one pick, who is due uh, ninety one point seven million dollars <laughs> over the next two years, including a player option uh, for forty seven point four million in two thousand twenty two twenty three. He he was traded to Houston. He's been oft injured over his last four years, only played 113 games over that span. And the Houston Rockets and John Wall have basically agreed that, you know what, it's not in the best interest of either side that John Wall play for the Rockets. They're rebuilding. They stink. They're young. They've got some good young players. In fact, I think Jalen Green, the rookie that they took with the number two pick, I watched him enough in the summer league. And I saw him enough in the G leagues. I think he's going to be a star. I think he's going to be rookie of the year. Um, he fits the NBA. So they're saying like, we're going to build around those guys, you know, Christian Wood, Jalen Green, and and John Wall doesn't figure in. Now, I just don't know who's going to be a taker for John Wall. It, yeah, he's just, a, when you don't pay 100% attention to everything that happens and suddenly something hits you in the face, which is what this whole story, these numbers for me, okay? I, I kind of missed this at the time. The number is so staggering. I mean, 47 million for John Wall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean Fonny's a fine player. Uh, but even last year when his comeback, uh, he averaged 20 and almost seven assists. It was 20.6. You can say he averaged 21.7 assists last year, 32 minutes a game. Um, he still has a game, clearly, right? Yep. He still has a game. He's 12th years in the league. Uh, but you're right. But uh, who? I mean, there were teams that could use him. I, uh, you tell me if it were, because we would, here's the thing is, we wouldn't be having this discussion to this degree if it weren't for the money. You know, if you were getting a reasonable amount of money, he'd be good to have in that mix. To, uh, to, to, but no, they're, they're moving in the classic other direction, right? This is the classic. We're going in another direction. And you know, you're not part of it. Oh, how? You know who signed him to the deal? You know who signed him to this extension, right? Oh, Dal Morey. No, no, this was um, this was Ernie Grunfeld in Washington. Oh, 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 oh in Washington. Yeah, this was okay, Grunfeld sorry. back right, in, right, before in the 2017. Trade. Remember, he was, okay. he was healthier then, right? He, he was. I mean, they did this. They, they extended him back in 2017. Um, okay, so, here we go. You know, he, he he wasn't as banged up, certainly, as he's been. He missed an entire season. And, again, a lot of people thought John Wall was going to be a top five point guard in, in this league for years to come because of his speed and athleticism. Uh, obviously, that hasn't happened largely due to two things. One, the injuries. Two, he, he can't really shoot the basketball, and, and, and it's hard to be a dominant player these days without being able to shoot it consistently. Um, I don't – I mean, again – I just don't know who's giving up a lot of equity. I think Houston, if you're Houston, you're probably going to have to eat a good portion of this contract or take on another crappy contract. Yeah, I mean, I, this is a real quandary. I mean, if he doesn't play, you're paying him to sit home. This, this extraordinary money. Uh, I just, that doesn't make a lot of sense either. Uh, but, you know, you when, when these big number deals are made and you, the, the agents, I'm asking, do you think, do you think the agents ever 
think what are the possible negative downside the negative downside and well that's a, that's a good point what is the possible downside in the future if things don't go hunky dory right for my guy uh or they just say hey we got this money and then that's the end of the story yeah when it's all said and done in two and at the end of 22 23 he's going to be sitting on a pile of money yes there's no way he's going to walk away and, and forfeit forty million dollars, right? Nope. So, so that, and he'll get another one after that, as long as he's healthy <laughs> enough. When that one ex expires in twenty two, twenty three, he may not get forty seven point four, but he'll get another three year deal, probably for another fifty or sixty total. Jeez. You know, I think about that. I know. I just, I was just thinking about the days of. You know, back in the, when I was covering in the seventies, and guys signing for two hundred thousand dollars was like breaking the bank. You know, I mean, I mean, it's hard. I mean, I, I we we all understand that the world's different, but I still want to keep staring at these numbers for John Wall. Two years, ninety-one point seven, and a, an option well, again, forty-seven point four million in twenty-two, twenty-three, yeah. and he's not a top what player now. Oh, I don't even know if today he's a top 75 player in the league. I'm not even sure he's top because again, we don't know health wise. So here's another one who signed Aaron Gordon was traded mm -hmm. in Denver um, last season from Orlando when, when the magic just kind of traded everybody got rid of all their best players. I still don't understand why, but they did trade him to Denver. He averages 12 and six in 25 games, regular season games. Mm -hmm. 11 and five in the postseason for Denver. And he just signs his agent is, um, well, clutch, which is Rich Hall and Calvin yeah. Andrews. Mm -hmm. He signed a four year, $92 million deal. That's uh, four to nine, two times four, eight, drop the one. Oh, 23, 23, <laughs> 23 million a year for, for Aaron Gordon, who is I a like freak athlete. Gordon. I love Aaron Gordon. It's a piece. And, and and that's the thing. I mean, he's not an all-star. We know that. His his skill level has certainly improved. I mean, this is a kid who, who, who honestly couldn't really shoot when he first came in the league out of Arizona uh, as a number four pick. But he's gotten better in that regard. But still, I mean, that's right now, that's what we're looking at, Bob, is, is starters in the league, you know, good starters. Guys that aren't all stars but are top fifty-ish players in the league are getting, you know, twenty-five million a year. That's what you're getting. I don't know what to say, <laughs> but except that's the reality, right? That's reality. So you know, we all have to deal with it. But uh, you know, you just say, "How did we get here?" <laughs> I know. When did it happen? You're right. When did, did that? I mean, I don't know who that first. Be interesting to see who that first. Yeah, it would be. That, was. You're right. I know. I can tell you who the first million-dollar player was. Who was it? Was Moses Malone. Moses was and the first. People would have thought, yeah, he was the first to get a million. And I remember that only because I remember Larry Bird giving it his seal of approval. Larry, Larry saying to me, he's the right guy to get it. He, he admired Moses's work ethic. He admired Moses Malone's game. And, and, uh, and he thought that was okay with him. You know, he, he'd become the first million-dollar player.
Interesting. Interesting. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron and ready to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's right. All you new customers out there, sign up, use the promo code NFL100. And win big money today. All right, let, let's switch gears a little bit and close with with uh, the college ranks. And I've been running around for my daughter the last couple of weeks. Actually, uh, we, we we went to Maryland two weeks ago. Um, went to Ohio State. I'm I'm not done, Bob. We went, you know, Maryland West Virginia football game. That was kind of the undercard to this past weekend's game, which was you were there for Oregon State. Oregon, Ohio the State. Oregon's victory, huh? I'd never Ooh. been never been to Ohio Stadium before wow wow i mean it is i've been here once uh i covered a bc game once i've been to the big house once i covered the bc game there once i've been to east lansing covered a bc game at michigan state too so but anyway you've been to uh, an sec football game my wife and i went to a clemson game a couple years ago Um, oh miss at home I hear it's great. I to see the Grove, and, and yeah. I, 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 we went down. We spent a week, uh, you know, we made a joint tour. We went to Memphis, and then we yeah. drove down to, you know, we went to Graceland, and we did the the, the, the Sun Studio. You got to do that. And, and then we went down in Ole Miss and, and were defeated uh, and saw a tremendous uh, game uh, uh, back and forth with Arkansas. It was, a, it was a lot of fun. It was a great experience. It was a really good. Anyway, that's it. I'm trying to think of anything else I've been to, uh, uh, and I haven't been to Bama, uh, Georgia. Oh, Georgia. Have you? Um, I went to Georgia. Just an interesting thing, about 15 years ago, I'll tell you what, it was when Matthew Stafford was a senior, so whenever that was, okay? Um, The the Globe had, this is when the Globe was the Globe, and papers were papers, and the internet hadn't wrecked the entire, you know, industry. And and we had money, and we did anything we wanted to do. And uh, they came up with the idea, the Globe's going to have an extravaganza about a football Saturday in America. And we were going to send someone to every level game, wow. Division One and one double uh, uh, JUCO, I think, you know, and everything. And I was the, uh, I, I went to, I went to between the hedges. I went down to Georgia and they were, it was homecoming against Vandy. Okay. They lost. No. They, they lost at home to Vandy. Vandy. Oh, it was a very somber group of people after that game. I can tell you that. But I, uh, I had my picture taken with Olga, you know, the whole thing, you know. But, uh, but that's that's when I went to Georgia. And uh, so anyway, uh, yeah. It's, so it's, anyway, it's, here's what I want to ask yeah. you: um, the na- name, name, image, and likeness has changed college sports forever. Yeah, we're, we're into it. It's here. It ain't going anywhere. It's here. Nope. And we're in football season. We've seen all the ramifications. Are beginning to see some of the ramifications for yeah. football. All right. You're a basketball guy. What, how, how terrified or how, what's the climate? What's the climate in the basketball world, which, which is always gets overwhelmed by the football world. And let's witness what's happened with Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah. What are the ramifications already for the big 12 and basketball? Let's forget about football. I'm just throwing it out there. You just run with the ball now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's very different. You know, when you talk to, to coaches and, and I'll talk to a couple of guys today, I'm, after we're done with this, I'm going to head up to Brewster Academy. And I know Jim Beheim's going to be up there and Fran McCaffrey and Hubert Davis. So I'm sure I'll talk to those guys. Oh, yeah. I've talked to plenty of co- – and Beheim will shoot me straight. We know that. But <laughs> he doesn't know any other way. That's the best part of, of Beheim. But 
I, I think coaches are still trying to figure this thing out. And, and some guys have made real money. You know, some guys have, have made real money already. Bryce Young? Yeah, and even for basketball. But even for oh, basketball. Okay, yeah, tell me. Because, again, I, I talked to one um, big-time booster of a, of a program. And he said, he's like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of, I'm going to help out all I can here. Uh, and and he's, he's got a, a ton of money. So he's like, I'm going to help out where I can so I can get some players here. And that's all you need, Bob. That's all legitimately you need one guy. Find out if you're a head coach. Now, obviously, multiple guys would, would help even more that own big businesses or, or just are, are huge boosters. Now, the question is, like, at Ohio State, where I was this past weekend, most of the guys, the money guys, are going to be football. So Ohio yeah. State basketball probably is not going to, um, you know, be able to do some of the same things as Memphis basketball, as Kentucky basketball. You know, Kansas. yeah, your alma mater is going to be in trouble. At Bo I mean, no, they're in trouble I anyway at Boston College. Yeah, they got no, no money anyway. Nobody cares. Well, right? like, right, let's, just, let's get this. I the recruiting edge and, and schools like BC and Providence, uh, what are they going to do uh, compared? How are they going to Providence, Providence, Providence has a better shot than BC because Much they better. have diehard and that's yes. all they have. That's I, all I, they I, have. Diehard. I mean, they're never, it's different. It's different. Providence is very different. You're so you BC find somebody on Federal Hill, Bob, you find somebody on Federal Hill who's got some, some money and there are some people who have some money there. Yeah. Oh, no, no, you're right. It's, it's, it's a different atmosphere. It's a very much of a college area. It's, no, I mean, hey, once back in the 70s and 60s and 70s, Providence, when in the 70s for sure, that was the epicenter of New England basketball, was right. probably in the Dave Gavity where there wasn't any question about that. You know, and it's not the same now as, as it once was, but Eddie Cooley's done a nice job. And I think yes. Cooley's in a position to capitalize. And Cooley's well-connected, well-liked. Now, the problem is, Bob, the problem is, and I'll, I'll, I ask coaches this all the time, I said, well, what are you allowed to do? What are you allowed to do? Because most coaches are not allowed to, to really be involved in any deals that are being made. So if I'm, if I'm Ed Cooley, what I would be doing is, all right, who's my money person? And then basically dropping a piece of paper to that money person with the names and the phone numbers of his top three recruits. You, you have a drop-off spot, like with a hostage situation, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it'd be, and at the oak tree, uh, the third oak tree from the left on the park bench in the, in the park, and, and there'd be a little can. And uh, I'm not kidding, right. by the right. way. Yeah, <laughs> you have to. You have to. And, and it should have the names of, of the, the people that are connected to these kids. It may not be them directly, but I would love to know, and I'm not quite tied in like I used to be to recruiting. I would love to be able to talk to a couple of kids that would be honest with me and say, what's the pitch? What do you talk money? Because most of them coaches are telling me now, well, the kids aren't necessarily, we're not talking uh, exact dollars. I think a lot of them are saying, hey, you know what? If you come here, you can look to make somewhere in the range of 100,000, 50,000, 500,000 if you're a Carolina, a Duke, a Kentucky, maybe even in excess of a million dollars. I mean, so I'm at Ohio State last weekend watching. And the third string quarterback is this kid named Ewers. Oh, yeah, the kid that left high school. Yeah. So he left high school, enrolled early because 
Right, because he couldn't get paid. He couldn't get NIL as a senior in high school at Texas. So he's standing there on the sidelines, and he's making like one – he signed a deal with a, with a card company for over a million dollars for the next, I think, three years maybe. Yeah. He may not play. I bet you – like honestly, there's a 50-50 chance he never plays at Ohio State because their quarterback, by the way, the redshirt freshman, this kid Stroud, is yeah. terrific. Terrific. So he's going to be there this year and next year. So yours isn't going to play this year or next year, period. <laughs> and will he actually have the, the the sense to stay? He's a Texas kid. Or will he say, you know what? I'm going to go back after this year. I know Stroud's going to play all next year, too. I'm going to go to Texas or AM or wherever. I don't know. I don't know all their quarterback situations. But, I mean, it, it is – it is insane right now to try to figure this thing out. The other part, Bob, here's the other part. I've talked to sports information directors lately. And normally we hit a sports information director of a college team, ask for the kid, and they'll set up an interview. Mm-hmm. Well, now a lot of the SIDs don't have any control over it anymore. It's up to the kids whether they're going to do any interviews. A lot of these fan sites are paying kids now, like I think it was Auburn or one of these fan sites. They're paying these kids to make appearances on podcasts. So the world is going to change, Bob, where if I want to get a player on to do an appearance, even to do an interview with me, I think there's going to be a time where these kids are going to say, I'm only, I'm not doing unless I'm getting paid for that 10 minute appearance. Well, as I've been saying for a few months now, uh, we are already well into the rest of our lives with regard to our experience as fans of college sports, big time college sports, of football, basketball, eventually to a degree at certain places, women's basketball. And, and uh, I don't know, about, I, I don't see it projecting, you know, be much beyond that hockey and, and maybe in Fargo, seriously, in, in Sioux Falls, you know, and, and, and Grand Forks, excuse me, that's where, or maybe a few places like that uh, but um, maybe baseball and certain, you know, LSU, so, yeah, yeah. But it, there's, if you haven't read, and you, you, I, I read it, and I couldn't even digest it all. There's an excellent overview of this in this current Sports Illustrated, and and they say that the the one thing we can say about this whole thing is that nobody knows what to say about this whole thing. <laughs> is that it's because the, the rules, you know, with different states having different rules, and 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 the. the the NCAA basically just punted now. Right. They just punted instead of Mark Emmert. Listen, I'm so tired of Mark Emmert now. I'm so done with him. I I hate to wish this on anybody, but he made enough money so I can wish it on him. I I, I wish he was fired. Like we need somebody in there who can give the NCAA a chance of, of not only surviving, but, but having a clue because they should not have been punting on this Bob. No, no, of course not. I mean, they were, you know, they were with, they, they, they allowed the government to get involved and, the, and then they allowed these states to get involved. Government, by the government, I mean legislature, state legislatures, et cetera, not, not to set federal government necessarily. But um, no, they, they let it, they didn't want to address it. They didn't know how to address it. And now, and then they just punted. And it's, it's, it's wild, 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 wild west. It's complete chaos. Because everybody's got different rules now. That's yes. the problem. Yes. Like some rules, some states are, are, are cleared. So some coaches, like I talked to Huggins months ago in July, and I asked him, I'm like, are you allowed to be involved in these, these conversations? And he said, yes. And then I'd ask another coach. And that coach would be like, no. 
They don't yeah. even know what they're allowed to be doing. And again, some are playing by the rules, but a lot of them aren't playing by the rules. I mean, a lot of them, like I said, of what Ed Cooley should be doing, and I'm, I'm not saying Ed Cooley's doing it, but a lot of coaches are, are playing it that way of like, hey, listen, I'll give you the numbers. You go out and make the deals. I'm not really going to get involved, but if you need me, I'm here for you. And now I, I, what I learned from reading this article, the number of, of entities that have sprung up to over to, 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 oh. to, to be, make hay out of this, that, you know, that, uh, are, oh boy, it, it's just. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's, so they're going to take advantage of these kids and they're going to pay them. They're going to take a percentage. All these companies are going to take a percentage of every deal that these kids make. And, and some are going to play it by the book and do it the right way. And others, just like agents, yeah. are going to try to take advantage of these kids. And, and are the kids, honestly, are they educated enough in this world yet not to be taken advantage of? No. 99% or at least. Right. No, no. All right, let's just, just switch a little bit. Yep. Uh, this whole Texas-Oklahoma thing to the SEC yeah. and the subsequent reaction of the Big 12 to take in those four schools. Yeah. Uh, I, I, first of all, scheduling, I can't understand how a 16 team conference with scheduling, I don't even understand that, but, um, the nature of the schools that the big 12 took in, wh wh how did it strike you? I actually thought from a basketball perspective, they, they, they did okay. You know, for the most part, they did okay. Um, you know, I, listen to me again, it, it's not about basketball. It, it never has uh, been. It's no. all, you know, it's really all about football and we've known that forever. And it's all about money when it comes to football. So I, I think ultimately, if you look at it from a basketball standpoint, BYU's got a, a great fan base and they've got their own kind of TV network and, and huge following Cincinnati, you know, listen, Cincinnati's been as good as Texas has been. Yeah. Over in basketball the last I, I, 10 years. I think Cincinnati is as a basketball uh, stable, you know, yeah. I don't know, royalty, but, but, you know, I respect them and I think they should be respected. I, and Houston's been as good as Oklahoma. So like, if you're, if you're the big 12 basketball wise, I think you're fine. Now, Texas to me is going to take off now under Chris Beer. Okay. And Oklahoma is going to be good under Porter Moser as it was under long Kruger. I don't think you'll see a huge drop off. I don't think you'll see a huge uptick. Um, so I, you know, UCF, that was a four, you know, BYU's yeah. good under Mark Pope. Cincinnati will get better under Wes Miller. Houston, as long as Kelvin Sampson there is good. UCF, obviously, they're just there for basketball. They're not any good. They're just, they're just there. I would say with regard to football, that letting BU, BYU into your league is letting a fox into the hen house. Be yeah. careful, guys. You know, I'm telling you, you're right. They're, they're a very specifically, yep. you know, specific story in, yes. in our college sports. And, 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 and potentially it can be very good at any given point in time. They well, because they, they're old. I mean, yeah, the crazy great. thing is, I remember talking to, to, to Dave Rose, their former coach, about this. I did a story about it a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they have like, you know, you're supposed to have 13 scholarship players. He'd have a board with like 20 names. And like, you know, five of them would be coming back from missions. You know, yeah. five of them would be going on missions. You wouldn't get them yeah. or three of them. He had no idea sometimes who was coming in, who was coming out. And a lot of other coaches in the league would look at it as a major advantage that guys would be older. You'd have 26-year-olds. Yeah, but, but he would fight back and push back and say, well, yeah, that's true. 
but we also have guys coming back from two-year admissions where they barely touched the basketball. You played, yeah, yeah. But anyway, they're interesting, and so that's going to be. I'm going to. I be hate realignment, Bob. I hate oh, it. I, I absolutely hate it. I don't know whether I hate that more than I hate the transfer portal. That's a, that's a that's a fifty-fifty. That that this this madness is. is oh. Yeah. No, it's the, all. Landscape. And of course, I've been. You know, I, I'll for the one trillionth time, I'm going to say that what what the country really needs is a a complete. Uh, convention. What do we? What is reasonable to ask out of college sports? What? Why? What? Because what we have here, man, it was bad enough. When and now it's 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 completely any idea of amateurism, any idea of student athleticism, yeah, yeah, existing I mean, level is preposterous. Uh, the way the thing has been allowed to evolve, it's completely. And I think we're all fine with with the money end of it with kids getting uh, getting something for their name, image, likeness. It's just kind of how, again, how the NCAA has handled it, number one, has been a joke. And then you add in the transfer portal and uh, you add in some of these other things that are going on right now. And I just, you know, I, again, I think it's really a Williams retired. You mentioned the U.S. kid, this phenomenon. He's not the first, but he. Right. But it's happening of the kids skipping the senior year in high school. They were even before the image and likeness thing. This was yep. this was a possibility. Now it's going to be who knows. Um, you know. By the way, then, Bob, uh, before before we go, congratulations yes. uh, to one John Calipari, who by the way had they had a, a thing at UMass this past weekend as well. I think he was at the Hall of Fame, um, but they they had a statue of like Camby Calipari. But Calipari's had a good week. He gets a statue unveiled in Amherst. He also got his first number one player to commit in a decade. A decade, Bob. How crazy. Like, when I say that, doesn't that bore you? Yeah, that's that's a surprise. Okay, we're from the kid. Where's the kid? Jaden Sharp from Canada. I love this kid. Next year, Kentucky's going to be kind of back to to the way they recruited. And and I was actually – on a, on a walk with my, with my wife, walking the dog this morning. And I told her that, and, and I was trying to explain to her why. And she actually had a great part. One, one of the things I told her was, well, I think Cal's kind of on a mission now, right? They were so bad last year and they haven't gotten a number one player since Nerland's Noel a decade ago. Yeah. And she made a great point. She said, well, yeah, but how about the fact also that Coach K is leaving, Roy Williams left, didn't it open things up for Cal? And I said, "You're absolutely right. Absolutely." Now, not to de- not to name drop, but uh, Dr. J told me about the statues that they just put uh, put up in Amherst. He's got one of them too. He does. So, yes, we can't forget. Uh, so it's Dr. J, Calipari, Camby, and who is the fourth? Do we remember? Jack Lee. Oh yeah, yeah, the, the coach. So I now I have to go up there and check that the statues out, but. Uh, yeah. So anyway, well, all right. Get, listen, get back to your book on the lake. Uh, we appreciate <laughs> you taking uh, 45 minutes out of your, your very, very busy schedule. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. It's a it's a very, uh, you know, strenuous. It, it was really hard to carve out the time. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> you, you look, know? hey, you look even more relaxed than usual. <laughs> I, I have to say, um, but you got to get back to reality soon, Bob, because NBA is starting up. If you have opening day is October nineteenth. Are are we going to um, are we going to try to figure out a, a way to maybe make a a preseason appearance 
we, we should try to find a way to, to either go to, if, if it's allowed, to training camp or a preseason yeah. game. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah, yes, I think that would be advisable. Yeah, I'd like to do that. And we're working on we're working on Ime Adoka. I was I was texting with him the other day. Mm -hmm. uh, he wants to be on the pod. We got to try to fi uh, find right, a day when he'll come on. Okay, fine. All right, all right. All right. Enjoy your time in Maine, and uh, have a lobster roll for me, Bob Ryan. We'll see you next <laughs> week. Okay.